Welcome back to the final drive, and it's Wednesday, so you know we gotta bring you Teague's take with Alabama Hall of Famer, former Dallas Cowboys cornerback, George Teague. George, how's it going, man? And happy National Signing Day. Well, thank you very much. Uh, You know, that was exciting as athletic director to be able to see. We had eight people signed this morning, so I've been up very early this morning, but it was pretty good because we do have a kicker. I wish he would have went to Alabama, but he ended up going to to the Naval Academy. Um, so it's it's just a a wonderful day for these high school kids who are able to receive a a full ride to go play football. Now, George, you weren't in that kicker's ear telling him to go to Alabama. You weren't tr- hitting up some of your guys in Tuscaloosa to maybe make that happen. Well. You better believe Coach T is always talking about the University of Alabama and why they need to go. Uh, you know, we're just we're still far away, though, right? We're out here in Texas. A lot of people are going to OU, Texas, Texas A&M, that kind of stuff. Um, but unbelievably, we do have a lot of kids who I think, with my influence, end up going to Tuscaloosa, either just as a student, um, primarily, or for some other um, activity or rec sport. Nice. Have have you been keeping up with the National Signing Day news and the commits that Alabama's gotten? They've only gotten three, but I should know how you know much you're paying attention to that. I haven't been. You know, unfortunately, I, my my job's like like uh, Nick Wiggins' job. You know, where I can just sit around and watch the ticker uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> while well, I'm doing a thing. So, you know, outside of our signing day this morning, you know, being athletic director, there's always something that's going on. You know. With, kid discipline, teams traveling, something of that nature. Um, so um, I will get um, in tune with that because I need to know what to be able to talk about later on the night on Teague's Take, uh, you know, kind of get some updates on, on what's happening in the world of recruiting, particularly for Alabama. That's right. Well, look, I can give you a little uh, update, get you ready for it. So they did get five-star wide receiver from down here, uh, Saraland, Alabama, Ryan Williams. He's signed. They also get four-star edge rusher Noah Carter and three-star linebacker Quentin Reese. So those are the three people who officially signed their national letters of intent today and will be going to Alabama. You know, that's, that is so awesome. I'm glad that you let me know about Ryan Williams. You know, I know there have been some commitments, and I always worry about what people are going to flip and all that. And of the three that you mentioned, of course, I love all of them, but I think I was – leaning towards what kind of wide receiver can we have, you know, that can really do some damage over the top, you know, be that dynamic playmaker that we need to have um, with the bore. You know, I think that's so important that you have skill guys. You know, I'm a defensive-minded guy now, okay? So I love the other two. Um, but I feel like we're, we're going to be in a good position there. But I think, I think, you know, past year, not that we didn't have a guy, you had Jalen Milrow as your most prolific score seemed like um and i'd like to have somebody else that can take a little bit of pressure off him particularly if you just throw it to him for sure and i feel like we're, we're all hyping up ryan williams like crazy right and, and rightfully so two-time uh mr football here in alabama but i mean it, how much re- play time do you see him getting uh you know as a freshman realistically you know, it's always hard to come in and do anything as a freshman, regardless of how many stars you got. It is a totally different world when you're 17 or 18 or, you know, whatever you may be, and you're competing against 22, 23. Well, nowadays, they seem like they're 26, 27 uh, uh, 
year old. So it is, it's a very hard thing to do. Maybe we're a little bit more accustomed to it at Alabama just because we have guys that seem like they're more game ready than not. Um, but I would temper the expectations a little bit and say, hey, this, you know, when you have someone come in like this, that you're going to have to spot, spot play him unless he just comes in and just tearing it up. You know, even when I played as a freshman, um, as good as I thought I was, until I tried to cover that senior receiver, <laughs> you know, that was 4-2 and big and strong, it kind of woke me up a little bit like, man, I don't know if I'm really ready for every snap. You know, I need to get a couple plays in on the third receiver, <laughs> you know, first. So he's got an uphill battle. We'll, we'll see what it looks like after it gets through, um, you know, all of spring workouts and then um, summer you know, how does he develop and will he be ready to go in September? That's right. Look, you, you mentioned covering a receiver who's 4'2". I don't know. I wasn't thinking 40-yard dash. I was thinking height. And I was like, man, you got wee man out there lined up. You were having trouble. But then I was like, oh, 40-yard dash. I I get it now. <laughs> George. Oh, well, uh, guys, you know, I don't think people know how fast that really is. I ran a 4'3". Man. There's a big difference between a 4'3 and a 4'2". It's yeah. scary fast. What do you think you would run now if you were to line up for a 40-yard dash? Uh, so, without having any true serum, I'd probably run a 4-7-4-8. Okay. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. There is no way. I think my I'd probably pull a hamstring in the first 10 yards if I took out a dead sprint, um, something of that nature. And I, I was running up until the time I was about 40 years old, you know, really getting after it pretty good. But now I'm 52 I don't try to run any 40-yard dashes anymore. I got you. If they see George Teague running, they need to start running too because you're being chased by something, right? (laughs) (laughs) You're absolutely right. Uh, I'm still chasing uh, the Cowboys Super Bowl. That's about about all the things I'm running after uh, right now. That's right. Well, look, I know that you've been breaking down tons of film, uh, you and your son, on Teague's Take on your YouTube channel, uh, on Kalen DeBoer. What have you guys learned about Kalen DeBoer and what he can bring to Tuscaloosa watching the film that you didn't know beforehand until really doing the homework on him? Yeah, I think there's um pretty good it's pretty complex in the way they actually pass the ball. You know, there's a lot of schemes, I want to say a lot of things that are built into a play that always makes you right. So, example, there's a man beater and a zone beater in the same play. So regardless of what you get, the quarterback just has to find it if he has a pre-snap reads. So I think that his offense makes you need a quarterback who has to be cerebral and can try to get as many pre-snaps reads as possible or figure it out on fire pretty fast so he knows which way to go to the ball. That's high-level type stuff. That's stuff to get you in the pros for sure, right? Um, So I'm really interested in that part for the passing game. But he adds the pieces of the running game in that too, so there's always the RPO kind of attached almost to everything so he can whip it out to somebody really fast if you're trying to um, cover things up. So getting guys in space. The only piece that I I, kind of – I would say that I worry about was – what type of run game is it really going to have? His run game didn't really fit the SEC mold of it. There were some counters, some pullers and things, but it it really wasn't like power run football game. And I know if you look statistically how well they did, you know, I just think it was a different league. 
you know, that they were coaching in and that it might be a little bit too simple um, to when it comes to the SEC. You think Jalen Milrow is going to have a difficult time kind of working into that offense and that quarterback role that you just outlined? I think that he's going to have to work extra harder. I think he's up to the challenge because it is different. Um, when you look at how they built the offense for Milrow before, you know, it was pretty quick reads, and then he had the option to kind of get on the move and, it, you know, make make things happen. This doesn't mean he still can't use his legs like that, but the way that it's built into it, he's going to have to know when to release the ball even a little bit quicker to get himself out of trouble. So it's going to be tough on him. Um, but when you listen to him and you see his motivation, I, and I love the fact that he didn't try to run away from it, that he said, hey, this is still my spot. Um, having all off season, getting in this film room right now, and that's the biggest thing, and just really trying to understand. I don't know how much they did with that last year, if they gave him enough credit or not enough credit um, to try to give him more for his playbook. Um, but he's going to be stretched um, pretty heavily on the mental side of the game as a quarterback. All right, George, we'll go ahead and transition over to the NFL side of things here. But before we get to the Super Bowl, as we all know, you are a Dallas Cowboys guy, and we know you yep. guys have a hole at defensive coordinator with Dan Quinn leaving. I've heard some veteran names get thrown around, like Ron Rivera and Rex Ryan being considered for that job. But what type of guy would you like to see fill that coordinator role, or does it have to be a former head coach whose first and last name both start with the letter R? <laughs> well, no, I'm going to actually go with a guy whose last name starts with a Z, the one that you didn't mention that has come in. Uh, his name is Mike Zimmer. Um, mm. he, he has been a head coach um, for the Vikings and uh, also for the Bengals. Um, but he was my coach. He, he, he was uh, on the staff. Uh, people say, well, you're just kind of being, you know, biased or, or favored uh, to him because he coached you. No, that's not really it. Even though I love him as a coach, I think he's a good motivator. He's tough. I think he's what someone like Micah needs to bring up some extra toughness, and maybe not even Micah, right? Other guys, the physical style of play that you got to have to be able to get far in, um, into the playoffs. But the key is, and we've talked about this before here on the final drive, is you know I had the opportunity to go up to the Vikings when he was the head coach and sit in on the meetings as a coach, right? and watch him and me seeing his brain and trying to figure out how to confuse offenses with four down linemen or making it look like it was a three man front or a five man front and working on terminology and trying to figure out how to get it to where the players can understand it and recognize it and play fast. That was super, super intriguing to me. Now that doesn't mean Rich Ryan, um, can't do it around Rivera. I'm just saying I know firsthand that this guy brings um, a level of toughness. Um, he holds people accountable, what we need um, with our defense. Um, but he is a good teacher. He's a good person who understands what it means just to be a man in general. I'll take your word for it, George. Now, he wasn't on a team this past year, was he? No, he was not. So after the Vikings let him go, he took the time off. But you know what? I would imagine if someone was paying me $9 million to stay at home or whatever it was, I might do that too. Yeah. 
to get uh, refreshed um, a little bit. So he should be fresh and good to go. And, you know, he has the ties with um, Jerry Jones already since he already had coached at um, the Cowboys before. So I, I know their working relationship is good, um, but that can be aligned. It's just whether or not him and McCarthy can get on the same page. That's right. Well, George, look, we were – I had your Dallas Cowboys going to the Super Bowl at one point during the season. I know that you did too, but unfortunately, it didn't pan out that way. We've got the Kansas City Chiefs taking on the San Francisco 49ers. In your opinion, are these the two best teams in the NFL going against each other? Um, yes. I was going to say, if you would ask me that a couple of weeks ago, I probably would have said the 49ers and the Ravens, Yeah, honestly. And I still may feel that way. Um, a little bit. I just think the the Ravens kind of got out of whack and doing things that they shouldn't have done. You know, I, th- I feel like they just played different to where they didn't give themselves a true opportunity to win the game. Um, so I probably would have put the Ravens and the 49ers, you know, one and one from AFC, NFC. Um, when it comes to this game, I mean, you can never count Patrick Mahomes out. What uh, Kelsey is doing is Unbelievable. I mean, they're loaded. I'm excited about this game, not because I care who wins. I just think there's so much talent on the field. Um, And what we were just talking about, I think there's a lot of physical presence on this. You don't always think about that with the Chiefs, but they're a very good defensive team. Um, So I'm really curious to see how chippy this game gets um, because of the two defenses and the play of the quarterbacks. Yeah, I agree. And and you mentioned in this interview that, you know, you're a defensive guy, right? I, I'm curious, you talk about all the talent in this game. I think that the Niners uh, by far outweighing the Chiefs when it comes to offensive talent. Uh, Debo Samuel, Christian McCaffrey, George Kittle. In your opinion, what strategy do you think could be successful in limiting the production of a Debo Samuel or a Christian McCaffrey? It's very, very difficult to do. And I trust me, I watched a lot of their film. And what they do as far as moving people around, it's kind of hard to kind of match up to them, right? And they're going to run the ball at you all the time with either one of those guys. But they're also throw the ball to them, so it's very, very difficult. So I think you have to pick your poison on are you going to try to stop the run and make Brock Purdy throw it, which I I'm recommending they do that. That's the best way to do it. You got to go man and make sure they don't run the ball, you know, load it up and force Purdy um, to do it. But here's an interesting stat for you. Um, Purdy has the number one quarterback in in breaking routes. He has 1500 yards on in breaking routes. It's kind of crazy. You know, when you kind of study it and look at it. And so if you start to play the tendencies and know you need to make him throw the ball outside, you know what I mean? A harder throw. So if right. you're playing man, tuck inside a bunch. Don't get them slants up and all those kind of things. Then they can beat them. But if you if you get nonchalant as a cornerback or a linebacker and you're letting McCaffrey catch an easy slant or, you know, Ayuk, think about it. He ran the post, you know, and we call a ball a ball. you got to be able to knock right. those in-breaking routes down. That's right. Well, look, let me ask you this a similar question just on the other side. How – do you think that the 49ers need to go about trying to stop the Chiefs' offense? I mean, you think it's it seems like it's kind of just Travis Kelsey, right? Do you just kind of take him out the game and then uh, you hope things are good? Or is Patrick Mahomes just too high level of a quarterback that, you know, you bring a double team to Travis Kelsey, he'll immediately find uh, the weak spot? 
how far are you guys from New Orleans? Um, <laughs> because you need to go pick up some chicken feet, and they need to boil some of them things and have a little bit of luck yeah. or bad luck on, <laughs> on, on how you're going to stop uh, Mahomes because he extends plays. You know, he doesn't really take a lot of sacks. And what he does, he's doing it on purpose most of the time, right? So when you look at him, he has the longest amount of time in the league for how long it takes for him to get rid of the ball. That's not always on the offensive lineman. That's him running around trying to extend plays a little bit, right? And that makes it hard to be able to play defense because then if you look, what's been happening is he's taking off down the field, right? Because once he breaks, he's going for 20, 30 yards or something uh, right before you even know it. So rush lanes is the key. San Francisco 49ers, when they rush, and if they are playing man, you got to stay in your lanes and not let him get out of the pocket. The second piece is please do not put a linebacker on Travis Kelsey. He lines up in the slot a lot, and he will have 100 yards passing on you in a minute, a hot minute if you try to do that. So you got to find a matchup where you got a big nickel or you know some type of safety on him uh, because he will eat you alive if you try to cover him with a linebacker. That's right. Well, look, before I let you go, what is your final prediction for this game on Sunday? Yeah, I got um, the Chiefs winning. Uh, mm. And again, I don't care uh, whoever wins, but I, I feel like this is a 27-24 game Chiefs. I think it's going to be good. I think it's going to be a lot of uh, creativity and plays. I think I feel like this is going to be one of those ones where you're going to see some weird trick plays and quarterbacks and guys doing things. And I feel like there's probably going to be a pregame fight um, <laughs> as well, just because it's going to be pretty intense. Hey, look, an intense game, a pregame fight, a close score, 27-24. Sounds like a good Super Bowl to me, George. What you guys got going on on Teague's Take on your YouTube channel tonight? Yeah, you know, it's interesting because tonight is a special night for us, 8.15 p.m. Central Time. Teague's Take Podcast on YouTube. Triple G, I got Dave Campo, the head, former head coach of the Dallas Cowboys, coming on to our podcast tonight. There you go. I'm so excited about this because um, you probably be thinking I'm going to be talking about the Cowboys a lot, but I'm not actually. We're going to actually talk about college offseason because he coached with Jimmy Johnson in Miami and, you know, he's in other, a lot of places. What, what does the offseason look like? What are they doing now? What is the board, the board doing right now, right. you know, as a new coach coming in? What is, what is he really trying to work on other than recruiting, right? But also, what do pro coaches really look like for the NFL draft? What kind of guys? What are the traits? What are they really looking for to say, that guy fits my scheme? I want to be able to hear um, from him about that, and then he's going to stay on the second half of the show. We're going to break down film of Xavier Brown and Dre Kirkpatrick, um, Jr., their defensive backs. So um, Campo is a defensive back specialist, and we want to get his take on what he thinks about these two players and how he's going to fit uh, in Alabama. So it should be a good one, 815 tonight, Teague State. Nice. Sounds like a good one, man. You, you heading out to Vegas this weekend or no? I am. We're going out there tomorrow. I will be on that bird. Uh, tomorrow afternoon. Uh, so uh, looking forward to seeing some old teammates, do a little networking and that kind of thing, and uh, just have a good time. Me and my wife are going to fly out and 
enjoy all the Super Bowl festivities. Come on out, man, if you if you got time, if you can get away from the from the radio for a little bit. Come Shoot. on through. Let, let me get you to uh, type out an email to my boss, and then maybe maybe we'll see if we can swing something. <laughs> <laughs> all right, man. Thank you very much. All right, man. Talk to you later. All right, guys, that was George Teague of Teague's Take, former Alabama defensive back and NFL, you know, Cowboys, Packers, all that. Uh, Love talking with him every Wednesday, but you're listening to The Final Drive, and we're going to continue talking about all the National Signing Day news and the Super Bowl coming up. You're not going to want to miss it. Don't change that channel. Keep listening to The Final Drive here on WNSP 105.5.